the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I'm joined by Dr. Monica Crowley, formerly the Assistant Secretary for Public Affairs at the Department of Treasury under Secretary Mnuchin. She is also a longtime student of National Security Affairs. Long ago and far away, she was the youngster on Richard Nixon's staff, as I was even longer and further away, because President Nixon liked to have young people around him helping do the research and get his books ready. She is now also, Dr. Crowley is, a member of the Nixon Seminar. Because I've been under the weather, I did not watch the Nixon Seminar last night, so I'm counting on Dr. Crowley to bring us up to speed, as well as to talk to me about the Olympics in Ukraine. Good morning, Monica Crowley. Welcome back. Good morning, my friend Hugh. Thank you so much for having me this morning. So last night, I was—I just went to bed. I was asleep. What happened at the Nixon Seminar last night? <laughs> well, we had a pretty heavy-duty but very important conversation at the Nixon Seminar last night, led by Secretary Pompeo, Ambassador O'Brien, and, of course, our dear friend Mary Kissel, about uh, nuclear weapons and nuclear posture for the United States. The Biden administration apparently is devising the latest nuclear posture for the country. So we talked a little bit about that. And, uh, Hugh, I know it sounds like a, a very heavy talk, and it was. But when I was in college, I actually studied nuclear weapons and nuclear targeting. So I'm a big nuke nerd. And so for <laughs> me, it was a it was a fascinating conversation. But I think everybody else will also enjoy it. So please go to the Nixon Foundation website and stream it, because we also spoke a lot about uh, Russia, nuclear armed country, China, nuclear armed country, Pakistan, uh, Iran seeking nuclear weapons. There are a lot of very contemporary dynamics with regard to uh, the United States and nuclear weapons and the power of the deterrent and whether mutually assured destruction still applies in this world full of rogue actors and non-state actors. So I encourage everybody to, to go and check it out. Yeah, Monica Crowley, last week I had the pleasure of talking with Ken Follett, maybe the world's best-selling author. His brand-new book, Never, is about thinking about the unthinkable. And we've lost our muscle memory about this because of the, the so-called end of the Cold War at the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1989. We went into a, a holiday from history, and as a result, an entire generation grew up not doing what you did and I did, which is to cut our teeth on MAD and other doctrines. And so last night, did that gap show up? Did people recognize we've not done the hard work of educating an entire generation of Americans about what it means to have nuclear weapons? Yeah, it did come up. And actually, that was my first question to Secretary Pompeo and O'Brien and the group, because, you know, in the 20th century, we did have this constraining doctrine called MAD. And I raised the point about President Nixon, as you well know. Nixon used to say, well, the Soviet regime is evil, but it's not stupid. 
Soviet actors are, in fact, rational. But now we're in the 21st century, so does MAD still apply, particularly when you're dealing with actors that are not based in, they're not state-based, and perhaps you're dealing with terrorist groups that may not, in fact, be rational. They may be acting on a religious or or some sort of ideological agenda that will not constrain them in the same way that a state-based actor might be constrained. So we have that conversation, and, and we talked about the fact nobody talks about nuclear weapons anymore. One of the points that I raised to you on the seminar is that, you know, right after 9-11, so much of the conversation, so much of the concern was about a dirty bomb, a briefcase bomb, if you will, that a terrorist could smuggle into the United States and detonate, say, in Times Square, and you wouldn't really know it because it's such a small device, and then radiation spreads. And it was such a horror that we were all talking about it at the time. And I I mentioned the fact that now we've got this collapse in Afghanistan, which has now reverted back to being a base of operations for terrorist organizations. And you've got that coupled with the wide-open southern border, where God knows who is coming across the border with God knows what. And so shouldn't we also now be talking about not just intercontinental ballistic missile capability or even intermediate or tactical nuclear weapons, but also these kinds of easily carryable uh, smaller devices that could really pose a threat. It's not just a thriller. It's actually real world. We have to worry about that. Now, Monica Crowley Ukraine gave up their nuclear weapons after the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Everybody guaranteed their territorial integrity as a consequence of their willingness to give up their nuclear arsenal. Of course, that was compromised under President Obama. It is an imminent threat of being compromised. Do you think we'll ever persuade anyone ever again to give up nuclear weapons after what's happened to Ukraine? No, absolutely not. The big lesson is never give up your nukes. Never. And, you know, last night during the seminar, we played an old clip of President Nixon talking to Frank Gannon, and uh, he was talking about the dangers of proliferation. That was in the early 1990s. Well, now here we are, and we're in a much more serious uh, place when it comes to nuclear weapons proliferation, because now you've got emboldened terrorist groups as well seeking these kinds of devices. That hasn't stopped, even though the public conversation about it hasn't stopped. Proliferation continues apace. And I've got to tell you, Hugh, if Iran, which is the biggest state sponsor of terror of them all, gets that kind of nuclear capability, all bets are off because God knows who they might uh, pass it off to. And then we are confronting a multi-pronged threat rather than one that we think that we can contain. Now, President Trump ordered uh, the hit on Soleimani who was the Iranian Revolutionary Guards leader and definitely a strategic setback. And he was in Iraq to kill Americans, so it was legitimate within the, the law of war. But Soleimani is not the threat that Iran poses. Iran poses a threat as a nuclear power. Does, do you believe, Monica, that there is will in the United States to cooperate with Israel, the United Arab Emirates, and other Sunni states to strike Iran in such a fashion as to guarantee it does not get an, Iran, uh, an Iranian nuclear weapon? Well, I think under President Trump, that will was certainly there. And the president of the United States at the time certainly had the will to act unilaterally, if necessary, to stop uh, Iranian nuclear ambitions. 
But now we've got a different commander in chief, as we know, Hugh, and I just don't think that that leadership is there. That's why you have our Sunni Arab states uh, in the Middle East just worried. They are beside themselves. They're trying to, to think about the changing dynamics in the region and whether or not to seek separate pieces with the Chinese, with the Russians, because they all need a protector. And if the United States is not acting as that kind of aggressive protector uh, for them in the region against Iranian nuclear ambitions, then they are going to seek someone and and someone else who will do that for them. That's why you're seeing a a crumbling. uh, And it breaks my heart to see it because President Trump Uh, The entire national security team, Jared Kushner, they all led the march on the Abraham Accords. And while the Abraham Accords are still in place and while they are still generating a lot of economic, cultural and political ties between the UAE, Bahrain, uh, elsewhere, Morocco, with Israel, which I think will be unbreakable when it comes to these security concerns, Hugh. This is a different ballgame, and that's why you're seeing them start to falter with regard to their relationship with the United States, the trust they have in us uh, to continue to support those relationships, and why they're starting to think in different directions with regimes that are not particularly friendly to us. This is a very dangerous moment for the United States and for our allies, including Israel, in the region. Our our best Arab ally among the Arab countries is the United Arab Emirates. General Mattis called it Little Sparta. I always remember that. They have uh, gone cold with the United States, canceled the F-35, or at least put it on hold purchase, because we are not backing them up against the Houthis, which is just an arm of the Iranian regime, as the Houthis send in drones and missiles, uh, ballistic missiles against Israel. UAE, Dubai, and other places. Did that come up last night? We can't let the UAE-Israel relationship falter, and we can't let the Houthis, uh, and by extension the Iranians, continue to threaten the UAE. Well, that's exactly right. And I spent many, many uh, trips going over there when I was Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, joining Secretary Mnuchin on those, those trips to the UAE. And they are solid allies of the United States. They have made their peace, their normalization with Israel. They are the core of what we're trying to build in the region. So we cannot allow this relationship to falter. It really is the axis of what we're, well, what we were trying to do in terms of building sustainable, lasting peace in the region, Hugh. So uh, we can't let it falter. But this administration, you'll recall that one of the very first things that President Biden did last year when he came in is delist the Houthis from the State Department list of terrorist organizations, terrorist groups. So now, of course, they're emboldened. They're sending the drones into the UAE. They're attacking all manner of of what they think is uh, valuable to the UAE. And the United States is just sitting by the wayside, putting out little statements of condemnation, like that means anything to terrorist groups and, and organizations and regimes, frankly. So all of these all of these malign actors see this American weakness, which is embodied in a weak and feeble commander in chief. 
And frankly, you know what, Hugh? I can't blame any of these bad guys for acting. I can't blame Putin or Xi or the Iranian regime or the Taliban or North Korea. I can't blame any of them for taking this moment to advance their interests because they see American weakness. They know it's provocative. They know this is their opportunity, and they're going to take it. Now, Monica Crowley, completely different subject. Quick question. Whoopi Goldberg was... Suspended. I think that's idiocy because she's ignorant doesn't mean she's uneducable. But I have also made the statement and you're a veteran of TV. Very, very good on TV. McLaughlin Group for years on Fox and other places. Would you agree with me that if ignorance was disqualifying of a talking head, uh, half of the talking heads on TV would vanish overnight? More than half, Hugh. <laughs> More than half. And certainly all the leftist pundits would be banished from TV forever uh, for their ignorance and their misguided thoughts. Um, look, I, I'm not one for you know, banning people or cancel culture. My only issue here is that it's got to be applied consistently and across the board, and it simply is not. Yeah. All of the condemnation and suspensions and, and firings go one way. It goes to us. It goes to conservatives. If a conservative had said what Whoopi had said and then doubled down on Stephen Colbert's show, that conservative would be fired. If that were you or me, we would, would, that would be the end of our career and we'd be ruined forever. Okay? But the real answer is to get a Ph.D. or a J.D. I mean, you're a Ph.D., I'm a J.D. I, I really do think the real answer is don't hire stupid people and you won't have stupid problems. The last 30 seconds to you, Monica Crowley. Amen to that. <laughs> you, although the problem there is that the universities are so radical and far left that they'd be churning out no conservatives. I remember President Nixon said to me, Monica, you made it through the Ivy League as a conservative. How did you do that? Um, so that certainly hasn't changed and has gotten worse. I am not for cancel culture, but I want the, uh, the standard to be applied equally across the board. One rule. Monica Crowley, always a pleasure. Follow her on Twitter at Monica Crowley. I'm going to watch the Nixon seminar tape today over at Nixon Foundation. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. President Biden will soon nominate a black female for the Supreme Court. In so doing, he'll be fulfilling a pledge made to secure the endorsement of South Carolina Congressman James Clyburn. But by announcing his nominee's race and sex in advance, the president has made his selection about her identity, not her accomplishments. And in doing so, he's cheapened her achievements. The president's approach highlights the pitfalls of affirmative action. It was intended to allow consideration of immutable characteristics as one factor of many to level the playing field. But now the left's obsession with identity politics leaves even those with the best intentions to wonder. Is Biden's nominee being chosen for the Supreme Court because she's the best person for the job or simply because she's a black woman? The president's nominee deserves better. And so does America. I'm Carol Platt-Lebow. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.